Report. I am your host, as always, Michael Hunter, coming to you for episode number 19 on a beautiful 422 morning, a beautiful April day in the Triangle. Appreciate you guys joining me today. Um, apparently, uh, you guys were were really happy with the uh, with uh, the interview last weekend with uh, Harold Little. Um, I had a great time doing it. Uh, Harold's a good dude. Um, him and his family. Uh, took the recruiting process very seriously in the recruitment of their son. And I think that's something that doesn't really happen enough right now in the world of college basketball recruiting. Um, I, uh, I, you know, he's just, he's a really, he's a really articulate guy. He's a really well thought out guy. Um, and he will tell you exactly what he thinks. And I enjoy him a, a great deal. I've got to know him a little bit over the last year or so. And, uh, <clears throat> He's going to make a great addition to the UNC family, and his son is definitely going to make a great addition to the UNC basketball team as well as uh, you know that fraternity going forward. Uh, do want to say uh, again, you know, the best way you can help this podcast right now, so I can keep uh, cranking up material, um, is like, rate, review, subscribe, and uh, and let's get this thing rolling. Let's get the word out, so uh, you know I can pick up some uh, some advertising and, and some sponsorship deals and things like that. And we can, you know, make this thing uh, what it could potentially be, which is uh, the go-to destination for all news that is uh, basketball in the ACC. Uh, crowdfunded podcast, as usual. Uh, if you want to get involved and help out the podcast, go to accbasketballreport.com. Uh, click on the RSS feed. It'll take you to my Podbean page. Click on Be a Patron and go ahead and donate as you see fit. Uh, the website has been fairly empty lately. Uh, I've been concentrating mostly on the podcast simply because um, I need to. I need a certain amount of time that I should fill each week in this podcast. I think, and there's not a whole lot going on right now outside of recruiting. And I'm actually wrapping up um, a project in my day job, daytime job, which um, is, is taking up a whole lot of time. So for right now, um, basically, you can expect uh, the podcast to come out every Sunday, as it has been since since December. Um, you can check out my stuff on SlapTheSign.com. Um, I didn't put anything out this week, but I will uh, begin to put some more stuff out next Saturday. And, uh, and for right now, the ACCBasketballReport.com, there's not going to be a whole lot of stuff unless I, there's something I feel really passionate about, and I may I may do some writing then. But uh, for right now, uh, tune in for the podcast every Sunday, and, uh, and I'll continue to crank out content for you as best I can. Uh, probably going to be a quick show today. Um, not a whole lot to get to outside of recruiting. Uh, the live period, the evaluation period is... Is obviously in full swing right now. So, but it's it's a lot to keep up with. Um, you know, you can follow guys like Corey Evans, uh, Evan Daniels, Andrew Slater, Jeff Borzell, guys like that on Twitter are are great sources of information as far as who is where and doing what. Um, you know, a lot of guys in Dallas. Um, it's just it's crazy right now. Some guys in DC, uh, Adidas, Under Armour, Nike spread out all over the country. And uh, it's difficult to keep track. I know some guys from from my from the GT community that that follow follow uh, these players and these coaches around, and it's you know it's it, it's an effort and patience. It, and uh, and I you know I commend them. They do a great job, and a lot of them keep me informed, which I really appreciate. I'm gonna jump right in right now, real quick. Um, again, I don't have a whole lot today. Uh, did want to touch on. The Pittsburgh coaching staff, Jeff Capel, has filled out that coaching staff uh, with three former head coaches. So 
right now he has uh, Jason Capel, which is obviously his brother, uh, UNC graduate, and was formerly the head coach at Appalachian State, uh, guided the Mountaineers to a 53-70 and record while he was there. Uh, most recently, he was a color commentator for ESPN. Um, not sure specifically if it was the, to the ACC network or not, but that's typically where I saw him was doing ACC games on ESPN3. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of, of the Jason Capel hire. Um, if his commentary on the sidelines is indicative of his head coaching or, or coaching, I guess, uh, ideology, then I'm not a fan. Uh, Jason Cable says some things that leave me scratching my, my head every once in a while. I, I, you know, I, I think if he's not Jeff Cable's brother, he doesn't get this job. He doesn't even get considered for this job. But uh, moving on, Tim O'Toole. Um, this is a guy that is a former assistant at Duke, Syracuse twice, uh, Seton Hall, Stanford, Cal. He was actually the assistant at Duke when Jeff Capel played there in the early 90s. Uh, from He was there from 95 to 97. I think Capel was there from 94 to 97. Uh, he was the Fairfield head coach from 98 to 2006. Uh, 2004, uh, M- uh, MAC, M-A-A-C, coach of the year. Uh, 112 and 110 uh, head coaching record at Fairfield. He was actually succeeded by Ed Cooley, who was the current Providence head coach and, uh, you know, making Providence into a uh, a legit, a legit uh, contender every year and a huge program. Uh, I, I like the Tim O'Toole uh, hire. I think uh, you know he's coached in the ACC. He's coached over 200 games as a head coach. I, and, and you know, the head coaching experience thing. You know, you don't have to have a 70% winning percentage. You know, as a head coach to know how to coach. Uh, 200 games under his belt, and you know he won more than half of them. Then. He just he has experience. He's been in the ACC. He's been at big time programs before. Him and Capel obviously have some kind of relationship. I think this is a really good hire for that program. And then uh, Capel fills out the staff with uh, Milan Brown, who's a former head coach at Mount St. Mary's and Holy Cross, uh, ninety five and one twenty at Mount St. Mary's, sixty nine eighty three at Holy Cross. He was most recently uh, one of the assistant coaches on the Carlos of Charleston team this year that went to the tournament and uh, gave the four seed Auburn a, a pretty good run for their money. Um, <clears throat> For the most part, I would say B minus on this. Um, I am, other than O'Toole, I'm not sure. I I don't really know a whole lot about Milan Brown, um, Jason Capel. Uh, I, I don't, you know. Again, if it's his, if it wasn't his brother, I don't think he gets this job. But uh, Capel has has proven that he can recruit. Now, fat sacks of cash are obviously, you know, always you know up in the air. Everybody always wonders about that when it comes to Jeff Capel. But uh, I think it's the it's the X's and O's thing that really and, and and the possible management of his of his program as far as relationships with players that I think got him in trouble at Oklahoma. Now those kids at Oklahoma, you know, there were some there were some serious uh, character flaws when it comes to Tommy Mason Griffin, and then obviously there was a, a rogue assistant coach that uh, got involved with Keith Gallen. Um, Capel's got a lot to prove, I think, and I don't think a lot of people talk about that very much um, since he's been hired. The the thing in Oklahoma was a mess, and I've spent some time in uh, Moore and Oklahoma City for my for my work, which is right down the road from Norman. I actually stayed in Norman for a little bit, and there people aren't aren't really uh, they're not real receptive or or high on Jeff Capel. Uh, just from you know simple bar conversations and things like that, or, you know going out to dinner in Norman, I, I've chatted up some locals. He he's not a very popular guy in Norman. Now, 
I, again, he can recruit. I think Tim O'Toole can coach. You know, I, Tim O'Toole is, I think, a guy that's going to be like uh, Bobby Lutz was at uh, NC State for Mark Godfrey. Uh, he's going to be similar to uh, what uh, Eric Reveno is currently at uh, at Georgia Tech for Josh Pastner. I, I I like that higher law. I think this this is a pretty good staff, and I think it's a well thought out staff. It's the Jason Cable one is what kind of bogs my mind, but then again, it's his brother, so yeah. Uh, Virginia has also uh, filled their assistant coaching vacancy. They have elevated Orlando Vandross from the director of recruiting and player personnel to assistant coach. Jason Williford has been named the associate head coach at Virginia as well. So currently their staff, uh, that was the uh, that was the vacancy left by Ron Sanchez, who went to UNC Charlotte. Uh, not a whole lot of surprise there. Tony Bennett keeping it uh, within within the uh, the Virginia family. Uh, Williford is a graduate of Virginia in 1995. And... Uh, I've yet to see who's going to follow, uh, who's going to uh, fill the uh, director of recruiting and player personnel uh, role with Virginia, which is a non-recruiting role. Um, but uh, I'll keep an eye out for that. It may be out there. I, I haven't dug too deep in that. And because I took a couple weeks off, I missed a couple of extensions. Uh, Mike Bray signs an extension through twenty four twenty five. Uh, did speak about possible retirement after that. He is 59 right now, though you never really know it by looking at him. He's <laughs> a pretty uh, young-looking dude. I don't think he looks near 60 years old. He'll be 66 at the end of this contract and has spoken about this being the end of his run. Um, he, he'd like to stay at Notre Dame for the duration and be a one-stop guy. Well, not a one-stop guy, but a Notre Dame guy. I think that would bring him to like 25 years at Notre Dame. Um you know, it may put the uh, the speculation that he would be the successor to Coach K kind of to bed. Although I never really bought into that. It never really, never really struck me as you know. You don't think of replacements for K. You never want to be the guy after the guy. Okay, you always want to be the guy after the guy that came after the guy. Okay, you don't want to be the guy that follows Coach K. You want to be the guy that follows the guy that followed Coach K. Um, with with his age, I don't see him. I, I don't. I don't see that happening with Bray. I don't think I really ever have. I think your your top, um, your top candidates there. If Duke decides to stay in that tree, is Steve Wojciechowski and Tommy Amaker. I think those are probably the best two options at this point. I'm not a big Chris Collins guy. Um, John Shire does get a lot of love, but obviously doesn't have the experience. Uh, Nate James has been the associate head coach. Again, gets a lot of love, not sure. Or Nate James is the associate head coach right now, I believe. Uh, again, not a lot of experience. He was up for the LaSalle position but did not get it. Um, I, I think Amaker is really the guy, but it depends on if you want to follow K. You know, you saw what happened to Passner at Cal Perry. That You saw what happened uh, to Kevin O'Neill at Arizona. Um, it, it's incredibly difficult to follow these guys like, like Coach K, like Lute Olsen, um, you know Matt Doherty at UNC. You know it's it's incredibly difficult now to be the next guy. You know there's no cakewalk. Look at Tubby Smith, but it's a hell of a lot easier than than following Cal Perry. So another extension uh, that was handed out was uh, Jim Laranega was uh, was. Um, Extended through 2024. Laranega is currently 68 years old. Miami has also been named, obviously, in this FBI probe. Not really sure what's going on here other than uh, covering their ass for possibly being um, exonerated by any uh, by anything going on with that FBI probe. And obviously, sometimes you need to, need to give these coaches um, a firm leg to stand on in regards to recruiting because 
it's difficult to sell yourselves on recruits down the road if they don't think you're, if they don't know or don't think that you're going to be there. So you know you need to. That was something that a lot of G Tech people didn't understand when Brian Gregory received his his extension. That was simply for recruiting purposes. Now, the extension and the reset of the buyout in the Gregory deal was obviously one of the most retarded fucking things I've ever heard in my life. But it, it, the extension itself was for recruiting purposes. Now, this extends him from uh, the ending of the 22 season to the end of the 2024 season. So I'm not real sure what Miami's doing here other than um, maybe Larry Nega just wants to retire. That's that's what he's he's chosen as his retirement date, and that's what he's trying to get to. I'm not sure what's going on there, but uh, you know I haven't really dug into that a whole hell of a lot. You know, a two year extension is yeah, I don't really know what's going on there. Um, all I know is that he's basically solidified now. Um, I don't know if that means that he's going after these 2020, 2021 kids and, you know, he wants to be able to say, hey, look, I'm going to be here. My staff's going to be here. Um, we have stability in this program. Um, you know, that, that could be it could be as simple as that. So Laranek is in place for the next seven, eight years. Uh, Mike Bray's in place for the next seven, eight years. Uh, Pittsburgh's filled out their staff completely. Uh, Virginia's filled out their staff completely. Now, I, I started some shit on <laughs> Georgia Tech message board because, and I, and I went on a little rant about this a couple weeks ago. Georgia Tech has named uh, both Mario West and, and Julian Schwartz as interim assistant coaches for the live period so they can get on the road and recruit with a, with a complete staff, which would be uh, Passner, Reveno, uh, Mario West, and Julian Schwartz. <clears throat> now, I don't have a problem with any of those guys on the road. I think Rio is an upcoming guy. I, I think he's going to do well when he starts getting into those roles. Now, why aren't they assistant coaches? Okay, how many how many Power Six conferences right now have open assistant coaching jobs in the live period? Okay, we have known that Daryl LeBerry wasn't coming back since December. Basically, he didn't he didn't resign until February, but we knew he wasn't coming back since December. If you're going to fill that slot with Julian Schwartz, name Julian Schwartz the assistant head coach. What, what's the holdup? You know, there was, uh, you know, now Mario West has also been drafted into the Big Three League with the, the Ice Cube Basketball League thing. I'm not sure what's, what that's all about or what the schedule is. But, <clears throat> um, you know, he's currently the, the director of player personnel at Georgia Tech, has been that in that role since Passner was, has arrived in Atlanta. Why is Georgia Tech so slow to do this shit? Okay, Chris Matt comes to town, fills out a staff, and offers every kid on the East Coast. Jeff Capel moves from Durham, North Carolina, to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, hires his staff completely all the way before the live period. Okay, Tony Bennett loses a guy that's been with him for forty-eight years, and and it just no nonsense. Okay, you're elevated. You're elevated. We have a full staff. This is where we're going to go forward. Okay, why is Georgia Tech so slow? Why are they always behind the eight ball? Why is there never a sense of urgency when it comes to this program? Do they not care? You know, is it a, is it a football only school? Is is that what's going? Is that what's going on? We only care about football. If that's the case, well, you know, the triple option is what it is, I guess. But I I don't understand why everything has to be so hard at this university. You're in the ACC. You're in the best basketball conference in the entire country. And you treat it like it's like it's the fucking middle school B chess team, it, it, like you pay it no mind. Now, given I, I I was I was upset when Babinski 
and and Passner were a little bit slow during the April live period when Passner got hired. Now that came about great because I think they hired a fantastic staff, but then they didn't stand behind their best recruiter in LeBerry, and he ended up resigning for what reasons we don't know. Uh, I touched on that with Mister Little last week, and I believe I probably ranted about it a little bit the week before that. I just. Georgia Tech doesn't seem to take their sports programs very seriously, and it's so difficult to be a fan of them sometimes. Um, I, I, if you're going to make these guys the assistant coaches, just call them the assistant coaches. Now, there was a rumor that Tony Skin, who was a, uh, a an assistant coach at Louisiana Tech, and he was also the point guard on that George Mason team under Larinaga, there was a rumor that he was going to Atlanta. Okay, He was going to be the guy that, that recruits and, and uh, coaches guards, and that was going to be it. I was happy with that hire. I'm thrilled with that because if you know anything about the Louisiana Tech uh, program, they they run their entire offense through their guards. Those are their guards are the focal point of the offense, and they've they've churned out some really good guards in the last few years. Now he just took a job at Seton Hall, so that's off the table. So now where are we? Okay, we have two interim assistant coaches. Okay, very little stability in my opinion. Now I've been told that that's not the case. That you know that's that's this you know this isn't going to cause any rifts with recruits. It's not going to hurt us in recruiting. I I disagree with that. I I think you need to show stability. You need to show continuity. You need to show these players and these recruits that you're going to be there. That you're going to be in those positions. That the school that you're recruiting for currently is the school that you're going to be employed by in three years. And and I just I I don't know. It's difficult enough to recruit to Georgia Tech without shooting yourself in the fucking foot. That's that's basically the the start and end of it. Now, now that I'm done with that, you know, and now that I've turned this into the Georgia Tech podcast, which is something I try not to do, but it seems to always happen. It's probably because it's the program that I'm the most informed of. Let's move on to uh, player development real quick. Wendell Moore, uh, Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, declares for the draft, doesn't hire an agent. He's gone. He's going to be a lottery pick. Uh, you know, something we all saw coming. The the biggest surprise of the of the, uh, of the period since I talked to you guys a couple weeks ago is Doral Moore is permanently leaving Wake Forest. He's hired an agent. He's going to stay in the draft and forego his senior season. Now, I don't see it. Now, he's huge. He can make some money overseas, I think. But in today's NBA, um, you know, he's got the size, obviously. He's got the defense. He can be a rim protector. He can be a rim protector off the bench. I, I believe that. He great rebounder, obviously. Really good on the offensive glass. My question when it comes to Drow Moore is the stamina. I mean, this kid, you see him two, three trips up the floor in the ACC, he's asking for a blow. Uh, more times than I can count during the season, Danny Manning basically told him, fuck off, you stay on the floor. Now, what that lead to? It led to foul trouble, which he was always in foul trouble, it seems. So, I'm not sure I agree with Daryl Moore, but I'm also not sure that another year in the ACC is going to boost his draft status that much. Uh, one that also surprised me, Bruce Brown uh, from Miami, has hired an agent. He's going to be staying in the draft. Um, again, coming off a foot injury, I don't know how impressive he can be at the Combine. He, I don't know how impressive he can be in Chicago. I, I'm, I'm just not a fan of guys losing a year to injury and then going straight to the NBA. Now, there could be a situation where He's been told things. Who knows what he's been told by by NBA people. But, uh, I mean, he's a great player. He was one of my dark horse candidates for player of the year in the ACC. But I just – what's he going to be able to do? What's he going to be able to prove? Is he 100% at the combine? I mean, I, I don't know. These are serious questions. I, I have no idea. I just – hopefully – I like Brown as a player. I, I think he, uh, he should have came back for his junior season. I think he could have been a lottery pick in a very weak draft next year. But we're going to see what happens this year. Uh, last minute – 
uh, addition was Tyus Battle, who all Syracuse fans basically expected to, to go into the draft. And regardless of what he received for information, they think he's going to stay there. Uh, much like the Akogi situation for amongst GTEx fans, um, both these players, Battle and Akogi, if they if if they are told that they're going to go in the second round, say, the expectation is that both of them are going to stay. Uh, some other player movement not to the NBA. Ryan Luther has officially transferred from Pitt. He was one of those nine players that secured his release from the program when Kevin Stallings was retired uh, was was fired. Uh, Luther has transferred to Arizona, which I mean, hey. Uh, that's a great move for you. You want to get to the tournament. You want to play in the NCAA tournament. You want to get away from the nonsense that is pit basketball. Go to Arizona. Fucking, they'd love to have you. Uh, Keyshawn Woods, who was a grad transfer, uh, who left one of the people who left uh, the Wake Forest program uh, in recent weeks, did visit with Virginia. He is obviously the uh, the targeted replacement for Devin Hall, who exhausted his graduation this year. I, I think that's a great fit. That's a great role for him. Perimeter scoring, a little bit of defense, though he's not a great defender. Um, but he can fill that role quite nicely. Virginia just keeps on chugging and continues on as they have been. Uh, Miami, who I have talked about a little bit in recent weeks as far as not having anybody in the 2018 class, uh, did come up with three transfers this week. Uh, Anthony Mack from Wyoming, Cameron McGusty from Oklahoma, and Zach Johnson from Florida Gulf Coast. Now both uh, Mack and McGusty have to sit a year, uh, and then they'll play. I, I believe McGusty has two, and Mack has three possibly four i uh, couldn't really find anything on him at wyoming so i think he may have signed as uh, an ally and then left before the season couldn't find a whole lot on him uh johnson is the big prize here uh he averaged 16 points a game shot 39 percent from deep for florida gulf coast this past season he's a good player uh he's immediately eligible for them he's a grad transfer so he will basically slide into the the void left by jaquan newton i'm guessing um, they still have a lot of work to do, especially if Dewan Hewell leaves. Uh, Dengak could slide into that spot, but obviously he's not going to be as effective as Hewell was. And they also lost Lonnie Walker and Bruce Brown. So Jaquan Newton, uh, Lonnie Walker, Bruce Brown, possibly Dewan Hewell. This Miami program is a program to keep your eye on in the offseason because they may struggle a great deal next year. I'm talking like two, three wins tops. Uh, I like Chris Likes. Um, I like Anthony Lawrence. Uh, I like the Vasilovich kid, but these guys—they're not—they're uh, not players that are going to lead you to an NCAA tournament out of the ACC. I don't believe uh, Matthew Moyer, the Syracuse uh, forward that uh, Syracuse fans had—you uh, know—high expectations as far as development goes. Uh, he has committed to Vanderbilt. Uh, and Bryce Drew, Darius Hicks, who was an NC State uh, player who left uh, midseason, has committed to Eastern Kentucky. And Jonathan Bear has transferred to Clemson from UNC Asheville. He averaged about 7-4 and 4-6 a game last season. Um, last thing I really want to get to today, again, today is a really short show, and I apologize for that. Uh, not a, I, I got some shit going on personally, and I've got also got yard work to do as well as a brisket that's cooking. So I got to get out of here quick today. Um, last thing I wanted to touch on was Cameron Johnson did have hip surgery for uh, he plays for obviously UNC. Uh, he did confirm that he will return for the 18-19 season though. As you may remember, when he joined UNC, um, he was a grad transfer. He qualified as a grad transfer. So. This could have been, you know, he could have been ready to, if he took a one-year program, he could have got his, you know, his his, his master's and, and then left and, and been done with college basketball and moved on with his life. 
Fortunately for the Tar Heels, that's not the case. He's going to be back. He's going to be in that front court on the wing with Nasir Little and Kobe White and Sterling Manley and Garrison Brooks, and UNC is basically reloading. Um, I really like this UNC team, especially if if White is the scorer that he, uh, he's been rumored to be. I have not seen him a whole lot. I have not seen him as much as, say, Nasir Little. Um, but again, this you know UNC they don't rebuild they just reload, and uh, uh, you know I'm interested to see these guys. I think if if especially if um, if uh, Coach Roy Williams goes with the four out way, you know situation that he did last year, you know Kobe is probably as good a shooter as Joel Berry, especially last year. Berry struggled a little bit, especially down the line, um, and then you got Nasir Little, who's a basically a hybrid forward. Then you have Cameron Johnson. Okay, Kenny Williams is back, and then you got Luke May as, as the as the big man post up. If he plays the five, and you put these four guys around him, oh baby, uh, UNC could be a really, really dangerous team. And you know, I think Luke May still has some growing that he could do this year. Um, you know, at times he had, he really struggled with athletic bigs in the ACC, and I think uh, if he can learn to adapt to those situations, he can be even more effective than he was this year. That's going to wrap up the ACC basketball report for this week, guys. Uh, I appreciate you tuning in. Next week, I will try to you know put a little bit more content together. Um, I'll try to gather up some information about who's doing what during the live period. Um, I know some of you guys are really interested in recruits like uh, Marcus Watson, who's being recruited by everybody in the ACC, basically. Uh, as well as uh, you know Armando Baycott and, and some other guys. So uh, I'll, I'll try to dig into that, see what I can find. There's a lot of in-home visits going on right now. There's a lot of offers going out right now. There's a lot of shit happening uh, on the AAU circuit. So uh, thanks for joining me. Again, uh, share, like, rate, review. Uh, get on iTunes, leave me a five-star review, and uh, tell me how bad of a job I'm doing. So um, appreciate it, guys. Uh, also appreciate all the, uh, the messages I've received uh, regarding the pup. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Pico36. Uh, unfortunately, we took a little turn for the worse this week. And uh, at this point, we're just trying to make uh, Tucker the dog as comfortable as we can. So uh, for those of you that inquired about that, I appreciate the kind words and uh, appreciate the reaching out. So uh, take care, everybody. Um, I'll see you next week again. We'll continue to do this uh, for as long as uh, as long as possible, hopefully uh, till I, uh, till I kick off. But uh, I'll talk to you guys next week. Have a great day.